I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am delighted to tell you that uh, an email came pouring in. This one from proud podcast participant Captain John McDonald up in West Yarmouth, Mass., which is up on Cape Cod. And uh, Captain John says in part, you always talk about your wife Wonder Wench. Does she know that you call her a wench? And the answer is yes, Captain John. Not only does she know that it, I call her Wonder Wench, she's kind of proud of it because she knows that I always like that word, wench. A wench, to me, is a strong, happy, smart, sexy woman. And that is a perfect description for Wonder Wench. She is the kind of lady who interferes with the electrical fields and the limbic systems of every guy within a radius of four miles every time she crosses a street. Wonder Wench would back up traffic to Route 95 if she left the house in a blue jumpsuit and a red cape with a little Wonder Wench WW logo on it. So thank you for the note, Captain John, proud podcast participant. And uh, if anybody would like to drop a note, the address is dick at dicksummer.com. Okay. This podcast is called Good Night, so we got to squeeze the important stuff that you have to deal with every day right out of your head. So instead of knocking around in there, you can get to sleep. These are uh, things that I call dicks to tails. For example, did you know that around 41 million Americans play softball? Mostly badly, but they do play. The most common family name in America is not Smith or Jones, it's Johnson. A Smith was originally a blacksmith. Johnson can be lots of things. Canada is the second biggest country on earth. Canada is the only country in the world, if you remember, who came to the aid of the United States during the Iranian hostage crisis all those years ago. And so I take every opportunity every time I meet a Canadian to say thank you. And if you are a Canadian, thank you. And nobody won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1972. Nobody. I think nobody's here right now. Looking around, I don't see any lights on around here except this one. All the neighbors must be asleep or gone to work or on vacation. Looks like nobody's here. I was just thinking how nasty this guy nobody must be. There's a wrestler with a out-of-control scowl on his face screaming on television a little while ago. He's screaming, nobody beats me. Wow. Nobody must be some kind of tough guy, huh? A little earlier tonight, some detective came popping out from behind a bunch of commercials. And he hollered, nobody move. And I guess nobody didn't because right away we had more commercials. Nobody must be a guy who got hit with a bottle of nothing, I guess. Like Superman's kryptonite. And nothing must be really powerful stuff. Every day, guys from GM, General Motors, are up there on television and they're saying, nothing's better than our cars. Really? And furthermore, nobody can beat the financing deal that we'll give you. <laughs> But seriously, the times when everything that's really important is happening seems to be when it seems like nothing is happening. When you go to the movies, for example, you know that you're watching a bunch of still pictures going past the projector lens. The real action is never really on the screen. What's on the screen is just a 
series of still pictures up there. The real action is going on in your head and you're making it up. And that happens between people, too. Nobody expected anything special to happen when I met my lady wonder wench. I didn't and she didn't. We were just working together. She was my secretary. But all of a sudden, nothing happened. Big time. Nothing happened. Right in the middle of loving you. Just a small nothing. Small change. A quick time out. A flash of pumpkin where we left Cinderella's carriage. For just an instant, there was a speck of dust left floating in the air where you were. Nothing much. Nothing like calling you by somebody else's name or forgetting the second line of a poem that you're supposed to recite in the third grade. It was just a clue, not the end of the mystery. I used to be afraid of a lot of nothings, even little ones like that. One of the toughest things that you're taught while you're growing up was always be tough. Act as if nothing hurts. Remember when you were a little kid and you got so happy that you'd spin around or you got dizzy? And you were convinced that God was so pleased with you that when you fell down and laughed, he would spin the world the other way a few turns for you. Just for you. So he could hear you laugh again. But nobody else noticed. Nobody else cared. Actually, nobody else believed in God enough to think that he would really turn the world the other way just for you. That nobody else became the guy who made the rules. Don't be guilty of enjoying yourself too much. The winner is the guy who dies with the biggest collection of toys. Love is perfect, or it isn't love. All those rules. That could have been the same nobody else who noticed the first time I touched you. But I think it was the other way around. The first time I touched you was the first time I started noticing nobody else. It was nothing much the first time I touched you. It was a long time, a divorce, and some now grown-up children ago, in an all-night diner, with red formica tabletops, old soda fountain handles behind the counter, and a fresh vat of very black coffee. The sleet outside was scratching at the window, mirroring the buzzing red neon sign. It was time for middle-of-the-night jokes, tired giggles, and a last cup of coffee together before driving separate roads to places called home. Nothing new for us. Did I catch you watching me? Or did you catch me first? I don't remember. It was just an instant. It was a long time ago. But I do remember clearly that suddenly nobody else was everywhere. It was an instant full of elbows and feet, like when you meet someone walking down the street and you both step the same way to get past and you keep bumping into each other. My hand tried to touch you, but my arm wouldn't move. Yours did. You touched my fingertips without letting go of my eyes. And then without a word, with a look on your face as if you'd just been shot, the back of your hand lifted slowly to your lips. And for an instant, we couldn't even breathe. I was very used to nothing in my life. You get so used to sleet scratching at a window that you don't even hear it. But suddenly your eyes changed from June blue skies to midsummer thunderstorms. And without a warning, lightning was blazing in the ice. Time froze and bridges burned behind us. 
We were two wrong people. Two people with nothing in common. Two people with everything to lose. Two grown-up kids who still believe that sometimes God does turn the world the other way just to hear a human laugh. Living our lives as if we have nothing to lose. Nothing Happened is from the personal audio CD called Bedtime Stories. If you're interested, you'll find everything you want to know about Bedtime Stories at www.dicksummer.com. You know, I didn't really actually have to write Nothing Happened. It just happened. All I did was write it down. Sometimes important nothings do happen just like that, especially when nobody's expecting it. I hope nothing happens soon to you like it did to Wonder Wench and me. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.